turn your passion into your profession with a master's degree in sports product management from the University of Oregon. As part of this program, you will learn the business of creating sports and outdoor apparel, footwear, and equipment. You'll build product in our on-site innovation lab in Portland, Oregon, or in your own home. You'll network with leaders in the sports and outdoor industry through program mentors, guest speakers, and internship opportunities with Adidas, Nike, Columbia Sportswear, Under Armour, Keen, Hydroflask, and more. And you'll gain high demand knowledge of the entire product creation lifecycle to advance your career in the sports and outdoor product industry. Now available as an immersive 18-month on-site program in Portland, Oregon, and as an innovative 21-month online program. Visit business.uoregon.edu slash SPM for more information. One more time on that site. It is business.uoregon.edu slash SPM. What is that 1% to 5% that's going to push you ahead of somebody else? That's what you're looking to do here. You can't do that if you're just sending the same resume out over and over and over again to every single job application. This is the Work in Sports Podcast. Here's VP of Content and Engage Learning at WorkinSports.com, Brian Clapp. Let's get right into things. we got a good topic today. I want to dive into it so we can really get into the meat of this conversation. Today's question comes in from Jake in Philadelphia. Yes, I live outside of Philadelphia, but no, I do not know Jake. Until now. Hey, Brian, you've talked a lot about leveraging the information in a job description and that they're the key to the application process and being noticed. I've heard you say this a couple times now, but can you explain what you mean? I look at job descriptions and they all start to look the same after a while. How do I leverage this information? Jake, great question. Excited to dive into this because I do believe that the job description is that untapped piece of knowledge that not enough people are leveraging. And that's what we want to talk about today. So often in the job search process, you're looking for that one to 5% difference. What is that one to 5% that's going to push you ahead of somebody else? It doesn't have to be some massive monumental, I'm way better than everybody else. You're, You're going to be probably in a pool of people with similar skill sets and similar experiences. And so what's that little bit extra? And that's what we're talking about today is leveraging that little bit extra that you can find in a job description. So most of your competition, most of the people out there applying for sports jobs are literally just seeing job title, company name, and saying, good enough. Here's my resume, attach it, apply it, go. And I mean, that might work for some. I don't think that's enough effort. I don't think that's going to separate those people. They're going through the motions. They're checking the box. They're treating it like a checklist of events. Do this, do this, do this, move on to the next one. Do this, do this, do this, move on to the next one. I want you to take a more serious approach to this entire process and identifying rather than a a quantity approach where you're just saying, I'm going to apply to 15 jobs today, taking a more serious approach and applying to a smaller amount that fit your demands. Now, we've talked about that in a previous podcast, a recent podcast. So you can go back and listen a little bit more on that subject there if you want to. Today, we're going to jump into the description, the job description, and how to leverage that to be that extra 1% to 5% that can make a big difference in your application process. Let's break this down. First things first, the basics of a job description. I put it into three basic sections. There is the, you know, the basics, right? There's the role itself, and then there's like the benefits and perks. So the basics of the job description, almost everyone you look at is going to have the position title, 
the company name, the company description, the employment type, whether it's part-time, full-time, seasonal, et cetera, freelance, you know, something of that nature, and the location. Those are the basics, right? Now, a lot of people will tell you to really read the company uh, description, get a vibe for what their culture is and what they feel about themselves and how they, uh, how they discuss what they are and what they mean and their value props and whatever. I don't know. I don't tend to lean too hard into that because I think that company descriptions are crafted by people who are really good at crafting company descriptions. And so they're giving a perception and it may not be aligned with reality. Okay, this is their PR spin marketing kind of view. I say that lovingly because I do that kind of stuff. So just know that that is a biased perspective, having the company description and use other tools to get that information. There's other ways to research a company's culture, find out more about them, see testimonials, see what other people are saying, use those tools for that. The job description, I'll be honest, and I'm going to get in more detail in this a little bit, I bypass a lot of that stuff. The role will tell you the job overview and summary, right? What is this job? What is expected of this role? Responsibilities and duties. This is usually a bulleted list, but there are many details you can pull out of this, many things that will really help you. We'll get into that in a little bit. Required qualifications. So if one is skills and, and duties, things you may be doing, but then there are also required benchmarks like how many years of experience, what kind of an education, these sort of things. So you want to know those as well. And then bonus preferred additional qualifications. Like it would be really great if this person knew X, Y, or Z. So that's the role section. And then the last part is usually the extras section. And that'll be benefits, salary information, legal disclosures, and key application instructions. Okay. Now, to be clear, not a lot of jobs publicly post their salary range. But there are trends pushing that. Certain states, Colorado, New York, a couple others, are trying to get a requirement, a law passed that says if you're going to post a job, you have to post a salary range in it, which I think is super cool because you, the job seeker, should know that leading into any application process. So there's some transparency there and you know whether this is a good match for you. Okay, that's a whole other topic. We can get into that later. The other part we're trying to get at here from the question, if you really parse the question that Jake asked, he's like, I read a lot of these and they all start to seem the same after a while. What's your process for getting the most of this information? Let's talk about that now. If you're in job search mode, you are probably looking at job descriptions a lot. A lot, a lot. Because you have a little bit of fear on your against you, right? You you need to get a role. You want to get a role. You want to get out of your current situation. You're graduating, whatever that motivator is. So if you're looking at a lot of job descriptions, yeah, they are going to start to look pretty similar after a while. If you're waking up every day and hitting workinsports.com and looking at, we've got 21,000 jobs right now. If 100, 200, 300, 400 fresh per day, that can start to look pretty repetitive. So what I suggest your process is, and I tell you what a lot of people I know do, is you bypass the extras and the basics. Go look at a job that has a title that's interesting to you and a company that's interesting to you. And when you look at the job description, don't spend a lot of time on company culture and details or salary, ben oh, actually salary would be good, but benefits, perks, uh, legal disclosures, you know, any of that kind of stuff. 
that can that can start to seem really repetitive after a while. Focus in on just the role and highlight things. Highlight skills, highlight specifics, highlight uh, details that give you more in- insight into what the employer is looking for. Experiences that would help a person land or perform this job. Skills, education, or training that you need to have to have this. And then maybe a little bit of the company value stuff. Now you can start to take that information and put it into your materials, including your application, entire application process. Mm-hmm. So what are you looking for? To me, your big signals are repetition. If they mention certain things a lot of time, a lot of times it gets mentioned, that's an indicator to you that this is extremely important for this role. And order of information. So if you're looking at a bulleted list, the first couple are going to be the most important. It's like the lead of a story. You got to get that most important stuff out there. And we talk all the time about how recruiters look at your resume for six seconds and then move on. You got to put the best stuff top. And the same thing happens with job descriptions. Same things happen for employers. They know people are scanning and skimming. So they got to put the best and most important things near the top of their list, their bulleted list. So what you're looking for are what are those skills that are repeated? They're talking about Photoshop a lot. They're talking about Microsoft Dynamics a lot. They're talking about Excel knowledge a lot. They're talking about SQL or R or Python or whatever. That's an indicator to me that this is an important skill. That's an indicator to me that when I have my resume, I need to have that highlighted in there. I need to align these two things, my resume and the job description. Okay, what's the order of information? Is it heavily weighted near the top? Those things that are heavily weighted near the top of that list of skills that they're looking for, those demands of the role, are extremely important. Now you can look at those bullet points, and if they're saying, you know, a certain thing that they're looking for, well, can you craft that into your cover letter? If they're talking about uh, a certain work ethic that they're looking for, or a certain expectation that they're looking for, a certain skill set. We want somebody that's done financial modeling on Excel. Okay, I want to tell a story now in my cover letter that explains how I have leveraged Excel to be the best at financial modeling. I'm just giving an example here. You need to cater this to what your experience level is. But that's information, so you're hitting the target. The job description is the target. They're telling you what the target is. They're telling you, we want these things, we want these attributes. Now, your job is to customize those materials. Now, if you're going through 50 job openings a day, you need to be somewhat judicious and say, okay, not a match, moving on. Okay, not a match, moving on. When you start to see something, when you're reading through the role that feels like a match, then that's when you go deeper. Then that's when you start to customize. Then that's when you write a new cover letter and get that out there or change a paragraph or do whatever it is. That's that one to 5% difference. The other key is what keywords are they using? Looking through the job description and pulling out certain words that they're repeating. So it's, it's repetition of skills that you may be able to put your resume, but it's also repetition of, of terms, soft skills, things of that nature. Align those exact terms on your resume because they may be doing a keyword search. They may be searching for, you know, look through every data, every resume we have in our database that applied for this job that has Final Cut Pro in their resume. So make sure you're aligning like terms with what they're saying and what you have using the same terminology and same process because that might be the way that they're searching to find perfect matches. As I've told before, I got hired at CNN Sports Illustrated because I had nonlinear editing experience. They were looking for people that had nonlinear editing experience and sports knowledge. 
So when they looked through their hundreds of applicants and they saw me, it was like, okay, this person's worth giving a call. He has the two things we're looking for. That's what you're looking to do here. You can't do that if you're just sending the same resume out over and over and over again to every single job application. Now, once you go through and you say, all right, I'm just looking at the role for all these jobs. Role, okay, interesting to me. Now I'm gonna look at the company description. Now I'm gonna do some additional research. Now I'm gonna look at the benefits, the salary and the application process, all of those things. Once you've determined it's worth it, that it aligns with who you wanna be. When you start doing that, and when you start looking at the way the company describes themselves and the role, and you start to marry that with expectations, some interesting things can happen. Look for the way a company describes itself. Now, again, I've said that these are often very crafted by PR people and marketing people like myself, but it still can give off some interesting points of what the company culture can be like. So if they're talking about it's a grind mentality and we're hardworking all the time, go, go, go staff, well, figure out, is that what aligns with you as a personality? Is that what you want out of your experiences? Because that could be a massive red flag. If they're very vague about the role and it's kind of broad, covers a lot of bases, talks in very generic terms, then that might mean they don't have a specific vision for this position. Is that good for you? Do you want that? Do you want to work somewhere where you don't have clarity and expectations? That's a good question to ask. You know, if they're talking in ways that are, you know, trying to disguise that they have a non-ideal work environment, listen to that. Listen to those little voices in your head as you're reading some of the ways they describe themselves and see if there's any red flags in here. Because a lot of the time, those things will pop up. You'll read something and be like, huh, it's interesting the way they describe themselves. You have to be a little cynical in this process. I know it sounds terrible, but you have to be a little bit cynical. And you think to yourself, it's interesting the way they describe themselves. Am I going to be working 80 hours a week, <laughs> doing a whole bunch of things for everybody, trying to do the job of five people and getting paid next to nothing? I'm not sure I want that. You know, So be a little bit cynical as you go through this process. So again, you're looking at the job description to pull out those additional value pieces that can help you customize your resume and cover letter to match the target that they're setting for you. It's going to help you stand out. It's going to help you craft your cover letter. It's going to help you craft all of your materials. But you're also looking for those indicators of the culture. If it's a perfect written thing, then go look for research elsewhere. If it's like the perfectly crafted, sounds awesome company culture, stay a little bit cynical and go look elsewhere too and get some research there because that could just be a really good PR or marketing person that's written it. But also, sometimes you'll see these red flags. Sometimes you'll see the way that people describe themselves or discuss their culture and environment. And you'll, it, it, you have to be aware of that and know whether it's the right match for you. So, Jake, we're trying to talk about how to leverage that extra 1% to 5% to make the difference. And that's how you do it with a job description. We're looking for that repetition. You're looking for that order of information. You're focused in deep on the role and you're trying to identify, underline, highlight, whatever it takes for you, circle them, you know, whatever it takes for you to emphasize those skills that are in demand and make sure they get onto your resume and cover letter and help formulate your story and portfolio. That's how you make a difference. Thank you for listening, everybody. Coming up this week, I'm excited about this. Felisa Israel is the CEO of Tenfold Entertainment. She worked in the NBA for over a decade doing all their live entertainment. She worked for the Phoenix Suns originally, right, where she's doing live entertainment, 
halftime shows, pregame shows, all the stuff going on in the arena. Super exciting, super cool stuff. And then the league offices say, hey, uh, we'd like you to come do all of our major productions, all-star games, NBA finals. And she has been in the live entertainment production and direction business ever since. And she is a baller. She started her own company tenfold about 10 years ago. Her list of clients that she works with is astronomically impressive. And she has such a good vibe. The two of us laugh a lot, have a lot of fun, a lot of good stories. So make sure you tune in for that on Wednesday. Really excited for that interview. I think everybody will really enjoy it. So if you're interested in the live live entertainment, live event side, this is absolutely for you. So thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I hope that was helpful to you, Jake, and everybody else listening. And please rate, review, subscribe wherever you listen so we can continue to grow. Last note, we've had the best January and the best February in the history of the Work in Sports podcast. Let's crush March. Thanks, everybody.